If you have a financial question for Pager Bruce, you can call this number. Keep in mind, 24-7-1-888-6-ADVICE. And you can also email your questions to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. You can also, right now, we urge you to do so, call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb, along with the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Hello to both of you. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Peg. Good to hear your voice again. And Denny Long, my old friend, good to be with you, as always. Hey, Peg, before we get to today's topic, and listeners, we're going to talk about uh, preparing for tax season, and some of you might think, no, no, it's too early, but it's never it's never too early, believe me. But, Peg, you didn't know I was going to do this, but I want to mention you and your daughter, Nicole. Um, Nicole, who's a, a financial advisor at Wealth Enhancement Group, has been on this show on occasion. She's also uh, been a frequent guest on CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg TV, you two are co-hosting a webinar this Thursday, January 26th. It's called Seven Wealth Building Strategies for 2023. And I love this concept. Basically what we're doing, you you and Nicole are kind of co-hosting and giving your ideas, but then you've got other advisors giving their number one piece of advice um, and they're not all the same. And then, you, you, if I understand this right, you take everybody's best idea and mix them all together, and you're going to spit this out in, in a webinar on uh, this Thursday. Uh, talk a little bit more about that and talk, uh, tell people how they can uh, uh, listen and participate and join in if they want to. Yeah, Bruce, this is actually a first where we gather seven different uh, people within our organization, you know, on our round table. And we asked them to come up with their number one idea for 2023. And it was kind of interesting in that each advisor and round table member, they actually have a real passion for some type of tip for 2023. So it was interesting for Nicole and I to even hear what they picked. So, we orchestrated it into a webinar trying to deliver to as many people as we can what our seven top items are. So right now you can actually uh, sign up for this webinar through our Facebook um, app or our LinkedIn. And so if you don't have Wealth Enhancement Group, that Bruce is a, this is what I call it, as your friend, if you don't have Wealth Enhancement Group as your friend on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's time that you do because you can register for this uh, through those two apps. Bruce? And no cost, no obligation, just giving information, not trying to sell anything, not try, no ulterior motive or hidden agenda. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's um, something where you can just sit in your home and listen that way, which we have found that the numbers are very high because you get to do it in the convenience of where you want to listen to it. Awesome. And we'll probably mention that again before the uh, end of the show since that's coming up on uh, on Thursday. Now, when you said seven advisors, are, are you and Nicole two of the seven, then you got five more, or are you just kind of 
the MCs, and then there's seven different advisors with seven extra ideas. Oh, no. Nicole and I had to give our first number one tips as well. So we have, yeah, we have five others. And actually, um, we have uh, one of the directors of our um, investment management department, too, that's giving his first um, tip for the year. So uh, it's a it's a very diverse group. It's going to be fun. Last question for now, unless we come back to it later. Did anybody come up with their top idea and you had to say, oh, that one's already been taken by another advisor. Have you got a different one? Or did everybody have a different idea right out of the gate? That's actually an interesting question. They were actually all different. Um, what probably the the, uh, the toughest thing was is trying to pare down their, what they wanted. They had so much passion about this, their tips that uh, to drive them down to fewer words. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah, so we had to edit a little bit and, and, and have them, you know, shorten it up a little bit so that we get very clear, concise tips in a short period of time. I know people don't want to take hours, you know, to listen to anything these days. So I think we did a really good job of paring down their tip and um, it will be not only entertaining, but it'll be uh, something to listen to, to, to learn. I mean, 2023, I always, when the, the beginning of the year starts, I'm all about these things. If I can listen, you know, watch a video, learn, uh, I feel like I always start the year gung-ho about if I could learn something, that would be great. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I hope I can figure out the technology so I could listen, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll mention it again before the show's over today. But we want to talk today, Peg and Denny, about uh, filing for your 2022 tax return. And, you know, Peg, we talk all the time about how there are so many things that people, we as, as members of society, we as investors, there's so many things that we cannot control that we worry about. And we always tell people, don't worry about things you can't control because you can't control that. Try to focus on things that you have some control over. So we can't control inflation. We can't control what the stock market does. We can't control where interest rates go. Everyone knows 2022 was a bad year for investors, and we couldn't control most of that. We can control some of the strategies of how maybe we reduce the pain a little bit or, or stop the bleeding a little bit, but it was a tough year and there's no, there was none, none of that was within anybody's control. But when we talk about preparing and getting ready to file your taxes and file, filing your taxes in a timely, smart manner, that's an important part of financial planning. And it's something that we have complete control over. So today we thought we'd give folks some ideas of some things they definitely can do that would be helpful and maybe uh, maybe even something they should not do um, at the end if we have time. So um, how about you? Have you started? Because I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, I am a procrastinator, but you know, not on everything. In fact, most things I'm not. But when it's something that I don't enjoy, like taxes, I really like to put, put it off and I have to be in the right mood. But I got to tell you, my wife, the last few days has been sitting there going over her year, you know, she issues, she's a performer, singer, songwriter, 
and she produces a couple of shows and she pays the performers and she's been trying to calculate those numbers so she can issue uh, uh, 1099s and share with our accountant the 1099s that we have to issue this year. So she's been working on that the last two days. I really haven't looked at anything yet. How about you? Yeah, I haven't looked at anything, but um, I am a very organized person in that my 2022 folder, and it's a folder, it's an actual folder, uh, for taxes that I have to, um, you know, fill out this tax return now in 2023, that folder was already started in January of 2022. So everything that I thought was tax-worthy, something that I needed for my taxes, whether it's a a form or not, it actually wasn't a reminder for me, don't forget about this. So I feel very organized. I have not pulled out that folder yet because what happens is, is right now um, a lot of people are, are waiting for forms still, and I am as well, and I hired a CPA to do my taxes. I don't do them myself. I like delegating to somebody who does that full time because I, I'm not reading all the IRS code, um, but what I am doing is filling out the, the huge questionnaire that my CPA asked me to do. And I'm, and I'm shocked, Bruce, that every year there are new questions on there. Like I think a lot of times people just go, oh, I filled that out last year. Why can't I just, why can't you just use that same one? Well, there's new things like cryptocurrency. You know, there's questions about things that are new even in the marketplace or they're new based on this tax reform. And there was lots of things, Bruce, that in 2020 and 2021 with the stimulus checks, you know, that's all by the wayside now for 2022. So things change. So one of the things that I say that you should do is you should actually be creating your folder for 2023 right now. And I think we talked about that late last year. But I encourage people that, number one, you have to file on time. You know, the tax deadline this year is April 18th, and we get a little reprieve because of Emancipation uh, Day, where the Washington, D.C. actually takes that as a holiday. So we get a little bit of time. But I would say generally we're all procrastinator when it comes to taxes because we don't necessarily all understand you know, the ins and outs. Um, but what we say is if you feel like you have your 1099, and number one, you looked at them and you feel like they're accurate, why not file as soon as possible? You know, why wait till the end and feel rushed? Um, by the way, one of the things you don't get to do again this year is actually really talk to a live person at the IRS. <laughs> it's um, most difficult to get a hold of them. And uh, we do tax returns for clients if they hire Wealth Enhancement Group. And we, too, struggle to get an IRS agent on the phone. So we know how difficult that is. But if you wait, like anything else in life, and you need to rush at the end, you're either going to make mistakes, you're going to look over something, you know, there's all sorts of unforced errors when you're not thinking clearly and you're under the gun. And, you know, even misspelling your name, you know, your social security number's gotta be correct. All the things that the IRS would just kick out right away, and then you're gonna end up either not getting your refund, you know, as soon as, as, soon as you could, 
or you're just going to have, you know, a struggle of getting that information to them and then then the IRS getting right back to your tax return, Bruce. Yeah, you know, starting with the, the, the first due file on time, that may seem obvious to listeners like that's one of those duh things. But number one, I don't know the exact numbers, but a lot of people end up not filing on time. Uh, and, and some of the reason is the things that you said. They, they, they wait till it's late. They make a mistake. Then that mistake needs them to go back and do something, and they end up with, with a late return. And besides just wanting to meet the deadline, I think you're right also, Peg, when you say do it as early as you can. If you think you've got all the data and it's accurate, why would you wait to file? There, I mean, I think some people believe that if they file late, they're less likely to get audited or that I don't know what their thinking is or, or if it's they're going to have to pay in, they want to delay paying. Well, you're going to have to pay anyway. And if it's something you can't pay, you can actually work with the IRS and set up a payment plan. Don't delay filing because you think I don't have the money. File and pay what you can and work with them to set up a, a payment plan. But if you file late, there's some pretty severe penalties. So not just for logical reasons and for reducing your stress reasons, filing as, as soon as you can and filing on time might make an economic difference. You don't want to be late. Yeah, one of the things, Bruce, and I'm sure there's listeners right now that are saying, I get my 1099 at the end of January, which is mandated that I get by all these institutions, but lo and behold, I always, always get a corrected 1099. So as we're encouraging people to file on time, a lot of people, and I think rightfully so, if you have investments with an institution or a custodian and you're used to getting a corrected 1099, I have to say, Bruce, that I feel bad for these institutions because they can't come up with all these numbers in 30 days and get a 1099 out to everybody. They, tr they really and truly try, but there's information that comes in after January 31st. And then I get a, and I, personally, this happens to me too. So if that happens, it probably is best that you wait. Maybe you have everything done on your return but yet you just need to hang out and wait for those corrected um, 1099. So another yeah, thing, Bruce, yeah, that we talked to clients, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say another thing that we talked to clients about is um, probably should do is file electronically. So most of the delays with the IRS is, is it's showing up that if you're, if they're processing paper returns, you know, that is not going to be quite as quick as electronic. And the IRS, uh, we got a stat from our marketing team that the IRS reported having 9 million unprocessed individual tax returns um, still in August of 2022. And 7 million of those 9 million were paper returns. There was a time, Bruce, that they were going to can the whole idea of still being able to do paper returns. I mean, they're they don't want these paper returns, but there's been arguments and lobbying against the IRS that they still want, uh, you know, they want people to be able to do paper returns. But one thing that you have to consider is when you're doing it electronically, 
you may want to, you know, put your bank information. If you're getting a refund, I absolutely put my bank information in there. And it's amazing. A couple of days later, that refund is in my bank. So electronic uh, filing is super fast. And um, I, I have a couple clients that actually still do paper returns. And I try to encourage them not to do them. But it's very hard to change someone who's done a paper return for 50 years. Bruce? Yeah, Peg, that's a great that's a great do. And and I've said on this show many times, and it's true, um, I am not a particularly technologically proficient person, and that's an understatement. But even I got on board with electronic filing. It is so simple. I I can sit at a computer screen, click on a button, and I'm signing my return, and everything gets sent in and, and done. And I'm I I don't actually physically even have a piece of paper or a pen or anything. It's all done electronically and it's slick as a whistle. I do have Wealth Enhancement Group as a firm prepare my tax returns and there's a lot of logic in that because there's a lot of weird things with uh, being a business owner of Wealth Enhancement Group and they understand our business better than anybody else. So they do my taxes and yes, I pay to have them done. I don't get a freebie just because I founded the company. I still pay for it. But I'll tell you, it's worth it to have smart people looking out for me and doing all this electronically. And I just have to answer a few of their questions and then click on a button to sign my return. It is awesome. And I encourage everybody to do it electronically. If I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. And I want to go back just a second before we move forward. You know, the first one we have is file on time. And we should mention that you can file an extension you know, if you're one of those people that you know you're going to get corrected 1099s and you might not get those till late in March and, and uh, clients of Wealth Enhancement Group listening, don't call us and ask us because we can't speed it up either. We are waiting for the same 1099s that you are. That They're not issued by Wealth Enhancement Group. They're, they're issued by the strategic partners where we invest and we, we do everything we can to expedite it, but, but we're waiting just like you are. But if you think you're not going to have all your information in time, you can file an extension. I file an extension pretty much every year because I know, again, some complexities of my business interests. I'm not going to have all the accurate data in time. So you can file and, and buy another six months time. But here's the thing, Peg, that I think people don't realize. You still have to pay you still have to send in an estimated payment and it may be a little too much or a little too little. And then you do a, you know, a true up when you, when you file your, your uh, extended return by October, but you can't just <laughs> ignore the payment if, if you think you owe money. So if you think you're going to get an extension to buy time, so you don't have to pay right away, eh, it does not work that way. You're just buying time to try to make sure you get everything accurate. Peg. Yeah, and Bruce, I would also, um, I also file an extension, but you know what's interesting about that is we really and truly have to do a rough draft of the tax return before April 18th because you, you, you have to pay in. So the, a lot of times you have to pay in. I, I know I usually have to pay in. So the CPA then has to um, make a guesstimate. You know, they have to fill in some numbers. Maybe it's similar to your year before, but you had these other extraordinary things. And they have to come as close as you can because those penalties are something like 5% uh, 
or more plus interest if you don't pay um, by, um, but the date's already passed. If you don't pay in your taxes by January 15th, of 2023 for 2022 um, and then all of a sudden you file your return on April 18th you know you're going to have penalties for not withholding enough or not paying in enough so that's a reason to uh, make sure you're aware of all those dates and how much you have to send in um, Bruce how much time do we have we have less than a minute actually Peg okay I'm going to suggest we finish our list of do's and don'ts uh, after the break, Denny, and then uh, we should have some time left for people to, to text or call in with questions as well. But uh, So the first two do's, do's, file on time, file electronically, and we'll have some more good stuff for everybody after the break. Very good. Let me, in the meantime, give a phone number. Uh, you can text or call 651 461 9226. That's the number you can uh, call in during the show, and we uh, hope you do uh, during the uh, program. Text or call 651-461-9226. We'll take this brief break and be back on the other side with more of your money. Stay with us. If you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24-7, 1-888-6ADVICE. You can also email those questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But right now, and we urge you to do so, you can call or text our studio line, 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. And once again, here's Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb, and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Thank you so much, Denny Long. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. If you're still there, if you just joined us, Peg and I have been talking about getting ready to uh, uh, prepare your 2022 taxes. Uh, we had a couple of dues in the first half of the show, and the first due is file on time. Um, and that may sound like, well, that's obvious, but a lot of people don't. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait till the last minute. If you have the right information, uh, there's no sense in waiting File as soon as you can. And the second big thing we said is file electronically. Nobody does, I shouldn't say that. It's not a good idea to do the old paper returns anymore. Uh, technology's advanced. You can sign, you can click on a button, and you're signing your name to your tax return. Um, so we, we encourage timeliness and using a, a, a technology to file electronically. Peg, let's give some people a couple of other uh good ideas for getting ready for the filing for the 2022 taxes. Yeah. Number one, Bruce, to do is check with your tax advisor or even your investment advisor before selling some kind of an unusual or complex investment. Well, we know that well, Bruce, because we have clients calling all the time saying, Hey, I just got a notification that, you know, I'm eligible for this kind of investment or they're gainfully employed and their corporation said, you know, you can choose to sell this stock early, um, you know, and, and going over the tax ramifications. There's a lot of complex things um, out there. We just got a call this year already about um, a client who is a participant in actual uh, rental housing and has a lot of uh, different uh, housing 
condominiums and apartment buildings and that kind of thing, and is in a pool of investors. And so they already sold property this year, and he wants us to try to figure out already for 2023, you know, how does that impact his taxes? Well, let me just tell you, we told him right away to stop taking out of his IRA distributions because he's not 73. And by the way, the SECURE Act recently of 2022 said, hey, you no longer have to worry about, you know, being 72. You you have to worry about being 73 now. So clients are excited about that. They get another a year of reprieve from having to take out of a uh, an IRA um, required minimum distribution. So the do here is, is if you feel like you have something complex, you need to start thinking about those tax implications already. It's January, I know, of 2023. But we, like I said, we've got clients already calling, and it's good for us to know sooner than later because we can offset that income by maybe stopping some kind of other taxable income. So I thought that was impactful, Bruce, in just giving people a heads up, not talking really about 2022 that's over, but giving a heads up in January that you're going to want to notify your tax advisor or your investment advisor if something impactful like that happened. Bruce? Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, 2022 has come and gone, and if you sold something, you sold something. But like you said in the first half of the show, Peg, what we try to do, and I know what you do, is you're doing your 2023 planning now. You don't wait until January of next year to plan for 2023. You're doing it. You're doing it now. You're, you know, and 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 I think most people don't do that. But that's that's a great piece of advice because selling the investment. You might think you know what the impact is going to be, and maybe from a, a, a an income tax or, or long-term capital gains tax perspective, maybe you can kind of figure that out. But do you understand the ripple effects? Is it going to affect your Medicare Part B premiums two years down the road? Is it going to impact the tax you pay if you're drawing Social Security? So there's a lot of things to consider with selling an investment. Don't do that in a, in a vacuum. Talk to your tax person, talk to your financial advisor. And I'm not saying you shouldn't make the sale. I'm just saying make sure that you've got uh, the blessing of smart people so you know exactly what you're getting into before you before you do. Peg, the next one I, I, I want to kind of set you up. I know a lot of people, and you probably do too, and I have clients, that purposely set up their deductions and, and whatnot so that they get a refund every year. They feel like that refund is like a reward or found money that they can now take that chunk of money and go do something fun with it. Um, how do we feel about purposely getting a refund? Yeah, first, I've never been a big fan of that. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's other ways to maybe hide money from yourself because that's what people are doing. It's almost like they're saying, let the Treasury Department hold my savings and then give it to me, you know, a year later, and it, it feels like newfound money. Well, you know, I, I didn't have as big of a problem with it when the savings rates were at zero, right? So they, people weren't making money on that money anyway. Um, I personally don't like to have the IRS have any of my money. But I, I didn't force my clients or, or make them feel bad that they were doing that because we just weren't earning anything on our money. Now today, you know, money markets or 
high-yield savings accounts that are FDIC insured, we can get three, three and a half percent, you know, treasuries are four percent. So now I'm going to truly encourage these clients to get their money because they can now make some money in their money while they're waiting. And you know me, Bruce, well enough to know, I mean, I've got accounts open just for things. So I, I like to keep everything separate and, 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 uh, and kind of coded for what this is for and what's that for. And so it's easy enough at the existing bank that you're at to open another account. And um, if you're trying to do a forced savings, you can do that yourself. You don't need to give the money to the Treasury uh, Department and have them hold it for you. Bruce? Yeah, and again, people tell me that that's the only way they can save is if they, like you said, hide the money from themselves. But, man, that just drives me crazy. You're basically giving the government an interest-free loan, letting them use your money all year when you could be uh, using it yourself, putting it somewhere and applying earnings to it and have it be worth a lot more. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we do not recommend purposely getting a refund. And then finally, I guess that's a, on the outline we call that a do, but I'm turning that into a don't. Don't purposely try to get a refund. And then the other big don't, and we can probably finish with this one, don't make life hard on your tax professional, whether it's a CPA or whoever your tax preparer is. Um, try to make it easy on them. I mean, they've got it, you know, heading into April, this year, April 18th, or most years, April 15th, Heading into that home stretch, you know, these people are working 18, 20 hours a day. This is tough to get all these returns in under the wire. Don't make life harder for them. Try to make life easier for them if you can. Peg? Yeah, you know, Bruce, I know I told you this, and I've told the listeners over the years. I don't understand why everybody has to file their tax return at the same time. And we're talking to millions and millions of people. And if people utilize someone like a tax professional, I feel like why not take the alphabet and divide it into four different groups and have different filing dates for all these, I call them clients of the IRS. Well, I feel like the only reason they don't do that is because if they said, hey, Peg, you're a W, Peg Webb, you don't need to file until, you know, December 15th. For, uh, for, for the year. Uh, what if I owe money? I mean, I'm thinking, oh, do they want me to delay six months in getting money to them? I just feel like why, you know, it's like a simple task to me. And because I witnessed the CPAs, the crunch time that they need to get all these returns done, I witnessed the mistakes on the back end. So when our clients come in for their reviews, the strategies that we recommended they do. We look at the tax return to see if they were if they were implemented. Now, recently, we had a client do a ninety thousand dollar gift to a charity. We looked at their taxes. There was no ninety thousand dollar credit for giving to charity. I mean, it was just completely. It wasn't there, which was so impactful. So, um, so there's just a couple points. I feel like. We should change why are we doing this where we have to have millions and millions of returns done all at the same time. And then secondly, I would recommend that people, you know, double check their tax return. Um, Sometimes people don't put on the pile 
all the documents that the CPA, you know, needs. And so they don't have time like they used to, Bruce. They used to say, oh, I think this is missing. I think that's missing. I feel like they're processing these returns quicker and faster and just moving along because there's just too many people all at the same time. Bruce? Yeah, and I know no matter what we say, it's going to be inevitable that some people are going to go into their accountant's office on April 12th with a shopping bag full of assorted receipts and incomplete records and expect the accountant to get their tax return done by April 18th. And that's just, that's just not fair to these people. So um, don't make their life uh, difficult. Um, all right, that's probably enough on 2022 taxes. Uh, Denny, let's let the listeners take us home. Absolutely. We have time for your texts or phone calls. Just uh, call or text this number, 651-461-9226. Here's a a comment and a question. Uh, Just a note, IRS interest rates on paying taxes late are increased this year. That comes with an exclamation point. And then the question part is, can you talk about doing quarterly estimates? That's a great text, Danny. So, so Peg... Um, you must have clients that uh, that you've got paying quarterly estimates, right? Oh, for sure. And and not only do I have them, I'm actually sending out the cash quarterly for them to make those payments. Right, right. So one of the things that we try to do, if indeed you are required minimum distribution age, and you need to to either send in quarterly payments or if I take out your required minimum distribution at the end of the year and I do all the withholding before December 31st within your IRA, then I don't need to make quarterly payments if it's going to cover all of your other uh, tax, you know, taxes. So let's say you have an, you have an IRA and you have to take a $10,000 distribution. You could literally say to me, Peg, I need you to have $9,000 of that required minimum distribution go to the IRS. So we have some clients that, that that's what they do. Others, uh, their CPA will say to them when they have their tax return done, when they had it done in 2022 for 2021, they're already telling the clients, hey, for you know this particular year, like 2022, I need you to withhold uh, this amount for both federal and this amount for the state that you reside in. So there's a lot of choices there. It more so is what's easier for the client, Bruce? But generally, um, people that are, are paying quarterly estimates, they have variable income. They're usually retired. They're not, you know, still working with a clearly defined salary with withholdings. They tend to be retirees and their income changes from year to year, right? Correct. Yes. And there's also retired people, you know, maybe the required minimum distributions are just starting for them. It's, I would say it's kind of confusing for people. Like, what do you mean I have to have this much money in like before the end of the year? Uh, Once again, it's all about avoiding penalties because if you don't get it in, um, in a timely matter manner, then you're just going to have to pay extra money. And I've had clients come to me and say, there was a $1,000 penalty when my tax return was done in April. 
And it was all about the fact that you just withheld, you know, a small amount of money that you were actually responsible to do a higher amount, Bruce. Yeah, and, and just to close on that, and I'll turn it back to Danny uh, for more questions, but you know, we always talk about retirement income planning and we talk about the wealth enhancement group strategy, the smart money strategy, spend the smart money, the smartest money first. Well, sometimes the smartest money can be from a tax deferred plan if you want to soak up a tax bracket that you're going to be in anyway. Sometimes the smart money might be a Roth IRA or a non uh, qualified account where the tax consequence is, is negligible because you get a 1099 for your earnings, whether you spend that money or don't. So based on changing, and, and, and of course, Social Security's taxed differently than, 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 than the things I just mentioned. So there's all these different potential sources of income, and they're not taxed the same. And where you take that income from can change during the year or certainly can change from one year to the next. And that's why make to, to make sure you're paying a quarterly estimate based on I'm doing it differently this year than I did last year. This year I'm taking more out of my tax deferred account, so I know I'm going to have higher taxes. I have to kick up my quarterly estimates a little bit. But that's not something people need to try to figure out on their own. Your financial advisor, I know in the case of Wealth Enhancement Group, we help them figure out that number and or their tax preparer can help them figure out that number. Denny, more questions from listeners? Yeah, Bruce and Peg, uh, this listener says, I'm going to be 67 this year. When do I have to take required distribution? Yeah, Peg, you just talked about that. They expanded it another year. But uh, explain that for everybody and uh, talk a little bit about how that's changed. Well, I think it is kind of confusing because there actually was a SECURE Act of 2020. And that's, I'm still hearing a lot about that particular change. And that was if you were 70 and a half back then, that's when your required minimum distribution started. And they changed that uh, in 2020 to the age of 72. So all they did was SECURE Act they did a lot in the SECURE Act, but when it comes to these required minimum distributions, the SECURE Act 2.0 in 2022 said that you can wait until you're 73. So I did get an email from a client a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I'm 72 in August of 2023. What does that mean for me? Because in every review that you've done, we've been preparing to take that required minimum distribution out in this year sometime up until uh, December 31st. And I said, oh, you actually, with this news, you do not have to take a required minimum distribution um, this year. So if you're 67, you now have a lot of time to actually um, either compound tax deferred or, this is what I tell everybody, don't just delay taking out of your IRAs because you you just don't want to pay some extra tax. And Bruce, you hit that on the head already. If you're in low tax brackets, there could be a very good reason why you might want to pull out some of your IRA dollars that are taxable now. We still are under that sunset provision, January 1st of 2025, well, 2026, that we have these tax brackets. And the brackets are going to revert back 
to what they were previously, which is higher. So there's a lot of tax planning that we're doing each and every year now, preparing for that change as if it's going to happen. And I mean, I feel like it's pretty likely. And so we want to do tax planning now. Bruce? Yeah, and again, the tax planning that we do, um, I, I say this a lot, but it bears repeating. It's not just about reducing your taxes for the current year. Sometimes we tell people, look, we want you to pay a little bit more in taxes this year than you would actually have to, but that's going to save you a lot in the future so that your net, net tax paid over your lifetime is actually going to be less. Sometimes it, it makes sense to pay more in the short term. Um, hey, Danny, I'm afraid, well, let's, do we have one more question we can see, Ken? I think we could maybe feel this one pretty quickly. Here's a text that says this. I've been investing cash heavy into treasuries. Should I be concerned about the debt ceiling and the possibility of default impacting my cash coming back to me? Man, that's a great question, Peg. You know more about this than, than, than I do. So, so treasuries in the U.S. Faulting on, defaulting on its debt. Yeah, I, my comment would be I believe in U.S. Treasuries because I believe they are one of the safest investments that you can hold. If indeed that happens, where the Treasury doesn't pay the Treasuries, we're in a world of hurt on every every other thing that we own. So I really believe they are going to um, get that ceiling and take care of it and not to worry. Yeah, and really quickly, I'll just add, people don't understand what that is. It's not approving more spending. It's paying for things that we've already agreed to spend money on. So if you want to spend less, spend less, but don't not pay your bills. Think of what would happen to you as an individual if you said, well, I'm just not going to pay my uh, invoice when my credit card invoice comes. Bad idea. Hey, really quickly, Diddy, I want to get this in. This Thursday, the 26th, Peg and Nicole web co-hosting uh, uh, an event, a webinar, and uh, seven wealth building strategies for 2023. You can, you can find it on Wealth Enhancement Group's Facebook or LinkedIn page. That's this Thursday, the 26th. Thanks, everybody. All right, excellent. And if you do happen to have a financial question for future shows, uh, 1-888-6-ADVICE is the toll-free number. You can always send a text uh, or your emails at yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But do give us a call uh, if you think of something midweek, for example, 888-6-ADVICE. Again, yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But we do, again, uh, hope you join us next week for more of Your Money.